When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football. Yep, today's Purple Daily topic is a pecking order from Judd. Vikings players from the past that you'd love to see back in their prime and back in a Vikings uniform in 2020. But let's thank the fine folks at Federated Mutual Insurance Company and the the work that they're doing to help business owners here in the Twin Cities and beyond. Federated has been around for over 100 years, based in Owatonna, Minnesota. And now is probably a time where you just need extra resources. You need some extra guidance and navigation as a business owner. Restrictions are being lifted in these late May weeks and early June weeks. And so just make sure you go to federatedinsurance.com if you're a business owner or call your local marketing representative to get access to said trusted resources you may need during these pandemic times. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it is our business to protect yours. Football. All right. It is pecking order Thursday here on Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and Declan Goff. Thanks to everyone who watches these shows on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash score north, where you can click the subscribe button and get daily Vikings content in your feed. And also on the podcast front, Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com, where you can get said content right to your mobile device or whatever internet mechanism you use. Judd Zolgad, you have put together a packing order yes, of, sir. am I phrasing this the right way, former Vikings players that you would love to see in in their prime. I don't want to see like 55-year-old Anthony Carter or anything, but like in their prime in 2020 in a Vikings uniform. Yes, and it's based on, and it it is, just to be clear off the bat, very, very subjective, okay? So there's going to be debate here, and, and I don't know that there is a wrong answer. But it's based on transplant these players from their era in their prime into 2020 and give them today's rules. Mm-hmm. So you give them today's rules, which obviously have changed greatly. Um, there, there's been far more of a crackdown on quarterback protections, on pass interference rules, on holding. And so I was trying to think of of the players who would most directly benefit from those changes. Okay, And, and the fact that it would be fun to see what they could do today. Or so you could turn around the other way. It would be fun, for instance, to see like Jack Tatum try to navigate today's NFL exactly. rules, right? Or or they they have a skill set that wasn't used as much in their era and would definitely be used now. All right. Okay. Uh, and, and thanks to the people on Twitter, I put this out on, we're taping this on Thursday, I put this question out on Twitter on Wednesday and got some really good responses as well. So I incorporated those into my top 10 list. Nice. All right, well, let's uh, let's fire up the appropriate 
music here. Let's get into, get into the mood here for this pecking order. Yeah. Football. Bah. The autumn football. The autumn wind is a revisionist. Yes. All right, so I'm going to start. I'm going to start with a guy who was on my list and I bumped because I don't know that today's game would improve him a ton because this guy was good, effective, and and if he had played maybe in the 60s or 70s, he makes this list, but he played in the early 2000s. Dante Culpepper. Yes. Huge wow. quarterback. Yes. Really good skill set. Might benefit a tick from today's rules, but I don't know as I'm about to roll through 10 names, that he would have benefited more than the guys I'm about to give you. So he's just outside, but there's certainly a case to be made that he could yeah. fall in this top well, 10. Well, if you look at, if you look at, there's two different trends happening at the top of the NFL's quarterback pecking order, if you will. There are a lot of African-American quarterbacks that are like Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. This is the golden era of black quarterbacks in the NFL. And Dante Culpepper, Dante Culpepper wasn't necessarily one of the trailblazers. Because when I think of trailblazers, I think like 1980s. I think Doug Williams. I think Warren Moon. I think Randall Cunningham. You can even even go back before then. Uh, And so just to see Dante in an era where, hey, some of his peers are also having opportunities and successes come to them. But it also like just the mobility of top quarterbacks, the ability to flush out of the pocket and keep plays alive. And Dante Culpepper was always great at that. Do you think he would be better in today's era, or because he was already pretty damn good for three or four years? That's right. I, was, peak, I right? don't know that for sure. Like he took pretty good advantage of, yes. the, of the structure of the NFL twenty years ago. I think but. he's good now, but but he was good for a period during that time. I also don't think today's game saves his knee because he he mm-hmm. ran the ball in Carolina and got hit by the two guys. And his knee essentially blew up. But if he does that today, same result. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the rules screwed him, right? Yeah. Because that, yeah. that, that play was... Now, if he's in the pocket and it was a weird, aggressive, violent play, then I would say that that probably changes in 2020. I don't think that that changes today. So he's he is just outside... Of my top ten. He was also sort of Big Ben before Big Ben in a way. Like Big Ben yeah, came in the right. league in like 05 or something. Yep. Yeah, just like this rock of a, not a statue because he can move, but like a guy that you you needed three dudes to bring him down in the pocket. You see all these highlights of Big Ben with like four defenders trying to drag him down. And he gets the throw off, and that was kind of Dante Culpepper too. So that would be, it would be fun to bring in his prime Dante back. Number 10 is off the charts a little bit, and the name's going to surprise you until I explain why. And then I think at least Phil is going to agree because I believe that he was at this practice in Mankato and saw this. And today you would use this in games. The Vikings did not use it in games back then. The 2008 acquisition of dominant at the time, right defensive end Jared Allen. But I put Jared at 10 on my list, not because... Today's game improves him because he, again, was really damn good and, and I think basically used the rules to his advantage as much as possible. Do you remember the practice? And Kansas City had done this, and the Vikings practiced it but didn't use it. Jared Allen incorporated at tight end. Yes. Jared Allen had and- the skill set to play, and I'm not trying to say he would have played tight end and given up defensive end, but I think in today's game, goal line-wise, red zone-wise, there's no doubt in my mind, if, if you are a creative offensive coordinator, Phil Mackey and Declan Goff, Jared Allen gets plugged in at times as a tight end and catches touchdown passes. Uh, yeah, one of the most athletically gifted defensive ends of that era, right? Like, you don't I, don't, I don't think you think of Jared as a potential offensive weapon, but 
There were times at practice, I remember Vikings PR would come up to reporters on the sidelines when they would bring Jared Allen out for some sort of a trick play or something, and they'd say, all right, you didn't see that. You can't write about that. You didn't see that. And you're like, well, there's 2,000 fans in the stands that all saw it. I had to negotiate with Childress (laughs) for us to write that because of what you just said. 2,500 people sitting uh, in the stands uh, drunk in Mankato just saw uh, the guy play uh, tight end, and you don't want to, you don't want teams to find out so the newspaper can't write it. And so, like, the logic there would be wait, you're telling me if I just hop the fence, drink a couple beers, and uh, sit in the crowd, then I can, then, then I did see it? That would so, be correct. But yeah, Jared Allen playing offense. So, Jared so. Allen at tight end is number 10. Uh, number nine is, is, I went through the list of all the veteran. Quarterbacks that the Vikings brought in, some good and some bad, in the 90s. And I thought to myself, which one in today's game, if you put him in right now, um, you know, be, be a, between the age of, let's just pick, 25 to 33 or so, who would benefit the most? Who could be just great? And I came up with number nine, Warren Moon. Warren Moon in today's game... I think would be really fun to watch. Imagine yeah, just the protection down the field. The protections. That, that quarterbacks get now compared to the 90s, Phil? Yeah. I think Warren Moon is my choice. Yeah, Warren Moon and Dan, Dan Marino and Warren Moon at times did carve up the NFL in the eras. But imagine those guys with all the different restrictions off, not having to worry about Reggie White clubbing you upside the head or Lawrence Taylor <laughs> literally ripping your leg off of your body, right? Yeah, Warren Moon would have been fun. Warren Moon, hell, was fun to watch as a Viking. I remember the first Vikings game I ever yeah. went to was a Warren Moon game in the mid-90s. So and he and he wound up playing for I think a couple different teams after he left the Vikings. He was with the Seahawks and Kansas City, Kansas City, or and, and he like played that. three years here. And I think he had one great year. But if Warren Moon is protected like quarterbacks are now, Warren Moon. Okay, so I went through the list of the purple people eaters and said to myself, which one in today's game would would thrive. Page would for sure, I think, but Page was smaller, and so I guess my question is, would he have to gain weight? And he did win the NFL MVP in the early 70s, which for, at that point, for a defensive lineman, unheard of completely. Mm -hmm. So I decided to, the representative from the Purple People Eaters that the Vikings employed for so long would be my eighth choice, Carl Eller. Ooh. Because, because get this, he was a Viking from 64 to 78. Now, now, as we've talked about a thousand times before, one of the most ridiculous things probably in all of sports statistical keeping is that sacks didn't count or weren't, weren't accumulated, okay. counted until 82. How? And I will go back and say, like, there are, the NFL has so much money. There's not an, in, like, there's, there's got to be an intern somewhere in the country right now that raise their hands and say, I will watch every game in the NFL's history and tally up the sacks. Where's the archive? The amazing thing is they did. They just don't count them. What? So, so. Eller was credited as a Viking with 130 and a half sacks. They've got it. They just won't acknowledge it because it wasn't an official statistic. That is, that is bogus. according to what I found, that would make him the Vikings' all-time sacks leader. He had 15 and 69, and then in 77 had 15. He had seven seasons with 10 or more sacks. And my question becomes this. What would Carl Eller be able to do in today's game where you really can't hold? Okay, what what made it, it okay, it wasn't an official stat yes, sir. until the early 80s because they didn't track it at the time. Correct. Presumably, right? Correct. And so later on, they clearly started tracking it retroactively. Why can't we then just make I, it an official stat? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no 
bleeping clue. Did, did you guys know that Carl Eller was my first ever interview in this business? Uh, you told this as an eight year old. Yeah, and you ripped, <laughs> and you ripped him. That's right. As an eight year old, my dad had some sort of a connection to Carl through a coworker, and I had a class project where you're supposed to interview someone. I don't remember what the context was, and so Carl agreed to let. Eight-year-old Phil Mackey sit down on camera and do like a ten-question interview. Yeah, and, and so softball before the softball and Phil before the cameras were turned on. My dad God. introduces me, and my dad actually we got lunch earlier in the day at uh, the old Hubert's across from Oh yeah US Bank Stadium, and and my dad introduces me to Carl Eller and says, "Philip, this gentleman played in four Super Bowls with the Minnesota Vikings," and I said, "And he lost them all." <laughs> <laughs> Trying to show off my knowledge wow. of like, oh yeah, I lost them all. Wasn't trying to take a cheap shot. I, you should have walked out. <laughs> Least surprising thing I've ever heard. He should have walked out. But anyway, put him in today's game where where it's not that you don't have teams hold. But I'm willing to bet in the 60s and 70s into the 80s, they the, held a hell of a lot more. The jerseys were also baggy, game. right? Like those guys yeah. had baggy jerseys and stuff. Yes. All right. Okay, so, so Jared Allen is 10. Warren Moon is 8. Carl Eller is 7. Number six is a guy who had a fantastic career with the Vikings, but the position has definitely changed, and now, with the way that this guy played, he would have definitely been a hybrid tight end wide receiver. It's Steve Jordan. All right, I like it. He's third on the Vikings' all-time receiving list as it is with 498 catches, okay? 28 touchdowns. In today's game, that guy would put up ridiculous stats. Yeah, he would have been featured more. He would have been... I don't know if he would have been Tony Gonzalez, but like he would have been, he would have been like Tony you know, Gonzalez, like a Travis Kelsey kind of a threat. Yeah, exactly right. All right, now now it's time for not surprisingly the run of running backs, and I'm going to start with a guy. Declan's probably too young to recall. Phil, I'm guessing that you do recall this uh, this player though, running back who came from the San Francisco 49ers, not Roger Craig though. Amp Lee. Yes. 170 catches for 1,348 yards, five touchdowns. He played for the Vikings from 94 to 96, okay? Yeah. He then goes to the St. Louis Rams, and in back-to-back years, in 97-98, I believe, catches uh, 61 and 64 passes. If you're putting up statistics like that in the 90s, I'm guessing that in today's game, you're probably catching more passes and seen as more because of your versatility and ability to to be a receiver, seen as more of a weapon. Amp Lee is on my list. Yep, I'm with you on Amp Lee. The Vikings had a number of those guys in the 90s and early 2000s. I'm going to go like through a Swiss, Ar- Swiss Army knife oh, running boy. back guy. Yeah. So that's six. Okay. All right. Number five uh, predates both Phil and Declan, but he's in the Amp Lee mold, but I actually believe he was better. Ricky Young. He had, from 78 to 83, 292 receptions, which is still 13th on the all-time Vikings list, by the way, and 14 touchdowns. Um, but he, so so the Vikings essentially employed a version of the West Coast offense before it was called that. Mm-hmm. And Young, Young was not a great running back, but much like Amp Lee, he was versatile. Ricky Young in today's game, I think he wouldn't be dominant, but he'd be very, very yeah. good. And and he was good back then. But the thought processes back from seventy eight to eighty three were nowhere what they are now. Who was the first who was the first running back? Maybe it was Roger Craig with the Niners in the eighties that was like, All right, we're just gonna use this guy. He's gonna be used as a wide receiver, he's gonna catch eighty to hundred passes. Roger Craig was I the first one I remember. It. it might be. Actually, 
Well, keep going on your list. Cause okay. There's a couple other Vikings here that. Okay. Roger Craig was a Viking, I believe. Wasn't Roger he? Craig was for a minute a Viking. Mm-hmm. All right, we are now to, if I'm not mistaken, on my list. We are now to number four. Yes. Mm-hmm. Number four is the reason why I thought of this list. All right. And I got a tweet that said, because I, I threw this guy's name out on Twitter when I put the tweet out on uh, Tuesday or on Wednesday. And I got one tweet saying, absolutely, you're right. And one tweet saying, he wasn't that good. What are you talking about? But I think he'd be a massive threat in today's game. David Palmer. So he was mostly a kick and punt returner. Exactly right. right. So so he played seven seasons as a Viking in the 90s. Mm-hmm. He had 73 catches total in that time. He also carried the ball as a running back in that time, only 34 times for a paltry 125 yards, 84 career games, two touchdowns total offensively. He did have three touchdowns in what you're talking about, his kick and punt return duties. But the Vikings at times had the right idea with Palmer. They The league just wasn't there yet. Yeah. Uh, to, to the point of, if you go to pro football reference now, there is a year towards the end of his time, I think it's his uh, penultimate year with the Vikings, in which he is listed on pro football's um, statistical chart for him as a running back wide receiver. Yeah. I think David Palmer, was, and it's not the Vikings' fault, but I think David Palmer, if you brought him back now in his prime, you would say... Holy cow, can we do a lot with this guy? Yeah, he would have been, I don't know if he would have been a superstar, because I think if he was a superstar, they would have found a way to use him more offensively. I'm with you on but that. He, but I, I keep going back to Swiss Army Knife Ninja offensive players, like guys who are, you can line them up in the slot, you can line them up in the backfield, you can throw passes to them, et cetera. They can come in on third down. I think he was plays. a breakaway threat, too, at t- or, yeah. or could have been. Not not all the time, but if you put David Palmer as as a college prospect right now, and he was going to be drafted... I think a team would would find ways to use him far more consistently, probably, than was the case back then. All right, into your top three here. Top three. Drafted in 2009 and actually used in multiple roles. But I think if he came out of Florida right now and stepped onto the field, 2009 yeah. would have been a sampling, especially if, if his career had gone differently. But Percy Harvin. Yeah. Percy Harvin. Well, he wants to play. But trying to can, get back. Can you imagine Percy Harvin right now Ten years stepping into the league? Honestly, I can, as a yes. young man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no. But I'm saying that uh, yeah. that player with that talent, absolutely. And and I think if he goes, I think if Percy Harvin right now is 21, 22, coming out of college, and you plug him in, and you are a smart offensive coordinator, I think we're talking about lined up in the backfield all the time, yeah. slot receiver. I think nightmare. The, the Vikings kind of viewed him, and he, and he was a little bit of a trinket player there in, in 2009, 2010, but they mostly viewed him as a wide receiver. He was just yes. like, we're, you're going to go run some routes, and Brett Favre's going to find you, and and whatever. And I, 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 it would be fun to see him with like a Kyle Shanahan or a Sean McVay type yeah. mind and, and see what happens. And maybe one of those guys will pick up 31. Yeah, but it's 31. The <laughs> horse is out of the barn by that point, right? right? I, I've got two guys on my list you have not gotten to yet. I'm wondering if Excellent. they're one and two or if we're going to. Okay. Number two on, on my list. And I have to thank Twitter for this one because this, this slightly predates me and predates you guys by a lot. But I'm told that if you plug this guy in his prime into today's game, it would be a different world for him. And he was already damn good, Chuck Foreman. He was the, he's one of them on my list. Yes. He could catch. Chuck Foreman had three consecutive 1,000-yard rushing seasons and had a year where he led the NFL with 73 catches in 1975. Yes. And that was, 
you know, that that's like early, I guess you could say, was it early West Coast principles for the Vikings? Were they running sort of a West Coast hybrid? Bernie was 70s? here by then, yeah. That, that's probably right. Yep. So they were into the short passing game and using using running backs as receivers, but to see a guy like him, a, a clearly one of the most gifted players in the NFL at that time, to see him with a fully functioning 2020 offense would have been yes. really interesting. And Chuck, First round pick, he's a blue chip talent. Oh, great player, yeah. Yep. And Chuck, to th- this day, he is the uh, the third leading rusher in franchise history behind Adrian Peterson and Robert Smith, mm-hmm. and he's eleventh all time in receptions. Yeah. So, and that goes back to a guy who played here from seventy three to, to uh, seventy nine. So, Chuck Foreman is number two. Percy Harvin is number three. My number one, and I know this guy was great, Hall of Fame player, but with the rules morphed the way they are to favor quarterbacks and receivers, it's Randy Moss. Wow, Randy Moss in can you wow. can you imagine him can take 1998 Moss, plug him into today's game where they will throw a flag if you are a cornerback who sneezes on a guy. You know Randy Moss, if you go back and watch, made some unbelievable catches in the face of basically being held or grabbed. Right, yeah. that's no longer allowed. So can you can you imagine the amount of of contact? Illegal contact that Moss had to work through that now gets called automatically or guys don't even try. So Randy Moss, just based on on the way the way the game has gone to me is the league said, how do we get more Randy Mosses? Okay, we enforce the rules like this, but take that player and put him in today's game. And and 98 was fantastic. But I think statistically, interesting. I, he would he, he, he would not have popped up top of mind in this discussion just because, like, well, he what do you mean? He was already we already saw him be amazing. I struggled with it only because of that. But, but have this in your mind, okay? So Randy Moss caught sixty nine passes for one thousand three hundred yards and seventeen touchdowns in his rookie season. Yep. So, so thirteen hundred yards and uh, and just ran a rough shot over the NFL. All right, so. Randall Cunningham and Brad Johnson were the starting quarterbacks for the Vikings. They combined in that season for 475, around 475 pass attempts. And when, when we think back to 98, we think, boy, they, they aired it out. Like every play was a bomb to Moss. Yep. And not only was it a pretty balanced offense, but teams just weren't playing with the same tempo. They weren't running no huddle as often. Like they weren't throwing the ball as often in 1998. Mm-hmm. 475 pass attempts would have ranked 22nd or 23rd in the NFL last year. <laughs> so imagine, yeah. like, you know, the, the the top quarterbacks in terms of attempts last season, Goff, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, were all throwing over 600 passes. Imagine if you would have tacked on an extra 100 pass attempts, like a 2020 offense with, with 100 more pass attempts, and right. Randy Moss running around back there. Does he Does he catch an extra, like, 20 or 30 passes? Does he go for a hundred catches an extra five, five to eight touchdown passes? So he's averaging twenty yards a reception. Let's say he catches thirty extra passes. He goes for like eighteen or nineteen hundred yards in his rookie season at that rate. I'll give if you, you throw the ball more. I'll give you one one thing that that we probably don't even think about, and I don't even know if it's tracked uh, or if it was tracked back then. It probably is tracked now. But if you could find the amount of uh, penalty flags drawn. By yeah. Moss that year, yeah. you would probably double it now. So if, if you took the ninety eight yeah. flags drawn by Moss and and um, used 
that currency into 2020. Yeah. My guess is it's double the flags, which is more first downs, which is more. So, yeah, I just, I struggled with Moss on this list because, as you said, he was already such a great player. But the fact that he changed the game and got people that make the rules to rethink the game make me wonder if that guy had stepped in as a young man this coming year, for instance, what the hell statistically yeah. he could have or would have done. It's amazing. Uh, by the way, it was about 500 pass attempts, but still, like they, they were 100 pass attempts short of what the top passing offenses are throwing in 2019. So uh, that's the list. The only other name I would throw on there that that you didn't is actually I've got two of them: yeah. Cord- Cordero Patterson coming in the league seven or eight years later with a different offensive mind. You know, would would he have been used a little bit differently? Yeah. And then just sure. for the hilarity, Leroy Horde. I'd like to see <laughs> Leroy Horde in today's what NFL. Just three yards up the middle. Just go find a spot between the guard and the center. <laughs> I, I'd lay also, down. I'd also add Robert Smith to that list. I'm shocked that they didn't make it in your list. I thought about it. Yeah, yeah, he. That's a good one because yeah. he he could de- he, was he could so definitely good. catch. Yeah, and he retired early, so yeah. yeah. But he was. But w- was he was he not used? I I felt like the Vikings offensively used him pretty well, and I don't th- know that there was a lot more there. The Moss thing is only because of of how the rules changed. Not that the Vikings didn't use him right. The Vikings used Moss absolutely right. But now with the advantage that the rules would give him, I think it'd be crazy. Yeah. So that's the packing order. Judge Zilgad's packing order of the ex-Vikings he'd like to see in their prime in 2020 in a Vikings uniform. Thank you guys for hanging out with us on Purple Daily. You can find us in podcast form, Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. And a five-star rating helps us spread the word about this show as we keep pushing the mission of Score North Forward, entertain you Minnesota sports fans on a daily basis. On our YouTube channel, click the subscribe button, please. You can help us, uh, A, build an audience and spread the word, but we can help you by giving you daily Vikings content in your YouTube feed. We'll see you next time. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.